Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 281. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we'll be talking football for the next two hours, like we usually do. We just packed up a a great weekend of football, only three games, and only two games were really worth watching. Well, anyhow. Um, But yeah, so what are we going to do? We're going to review the three games that we did, and uh, then make up a whole ball of shit as we go along because that's what we're going to do tonight because it's hey why not we're not professionals we're kind of a little better than a rank amateur well i think we're pretty awesome actually but that's beside the point we get good fan mail if you really like the show out there send us some emails go over to our uh let's talk cfl podcast page and uh send us a message tell us what you think tell us what you don't like and we'll see what we can do you know we're always looking to change and Look for somebody better. Hey, does anybody out there in the East Coast want to stay up way too late and participate? I don't know. Never mind. I know. That's too much. Uh, let's bring on the panel here tonight. Uh, Charles, welcome to the show. How you doing, buddy? Good evening. I'm doing well. How are you all doing? What are you doing? Or I'm doing okay. I'm so pretty spectacular. Yep. I'm a little tired. And Good. We're going to carry on and see what we can do. That's good. I, I'm kind of tired too because yep. I ate turkey and I called yeah. two football games today. So, but what it is, what it is. Yeah, yeah, it is yep. definitely. It was. It, is it raining down there on the coast? It's pouring. Yes, it's rained most of the day. Okay. At times it was pouring. At times it was light. But for the most of the day, it's been raining. It was really funny up here uh, today. We saw these black clouds rolling in, and we're going, oh, it looks like a storm's coming, right? About 10 minutes later, there was like 90K winds. Everything was blowing all over the place. And then the rain started to fall down. Like, I'd never seen rain pour before. And there was like a line right down the middle of my property. Only half my property got water on it, and the other half didn't. Unfortunately, I was on the part that got the rain and, and hail and everything else. And it was it was a very weird experience. So it's kind of farm like. So anyhow, uh, William, welcome, buddy. How you doing? Have you found your button yet? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. I had a great day today. It's freezing in Calgary. I think it's like six. Okay, so I thought, well, I can't work in my yard today because it's too cold out. So I'm gonna watch the No Fun League. And watching oh, the why? No Fun League was watching the No Fun League was great because I think I had nine separate forty-five minute naps. Okay, so <laughs> I'm I'm nothing but bushy and bright-eyed right now because I basically slept in my chair all day because oh, I was geez. watching the NFL and and the football sucks. Sorry, just my opinion, but it's like watching paint dry some days. It's, I think it's so, the opinion of most people that are following the CFL. There are I NFL had a good fans, day. I don't under, I really don't understand people who think that the NFL is a better quality football to watch. I don't understand <clears> it. <throat> I, can't, I can't wrap my head around it. 
just confuses yeah. the shit out of me. To me, it doesn't Mark. matter because it's football. Yeah, yeah. I understand so. that. I understand that. I'd rather watch high school football than NFL football. Uh, Mark, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. I've had an interesting day today. I went to the Bomber Fan Fest for a little while, so... Unfortunately, I, I did get Big Hill's autograph. I was going to try to get a picture, but it was kind of busy at his table, so I just moved along because I really wanted to send you guys that picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. He looks BC's pretty good. Doing Mark. BC's mm. doing just Mark, fine with him. Was, was there fans no. at the Fan Fest, Mark? Uh, yeah, there was a few thousand people. Oh, so they oh. still have fans. Yeah, okay. we still have fans. With Matt Most Hill sitting on the down. table with no crowd. <laughs> it was funny because it, it was the same long lineup at his, and I was kind of laughing, going, okay, everybody in this line, you were probably all screaming for his head. You know, yeah, just a hypocrite. Hypocrite. <laughs> I only go to certain guys now because anybody who's been there for four or five years, I've got their autographs already. So it's like, no, I don't need another autograph. I got four autographs today. I was good enough. But... I just don't understand that point. What, getting autographs? Yeah. Uh-huh, something to do. I like getting some of my stuff autographed. If it, it, well, that would be kind of cool. Like if, if you had a... Um... Adam Big Hill jersey, you get Adam Big Hill to sign it, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Well, see, I'll right. do that next year when and if he resigns. If yeah, he resigns I, with Winnipeg, then yeah, I'm going, I'll get his jersey. But okay. I've already got a Corey Banks jersey, you know, from BC that never played a game for the Bombers. I already got one of his, but at least it's signed. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, I did enjoy the um, No Fun League as well today because I put on the Cleveland game and promptly fell asleep and woke up to watch them once again lose So on two missed hey, goals. I last week I think there was some news thing that came out about the Cleveland Browns where they actually tied a game and they said yep. their 17-game 17, mm-hmm. 17 losing streak is over. It's now 18-game winless streak. It's now 19. A 19, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. The NFL is doing well with ties. Another one today. Ties are boring. I think they're fascist. <laughs> <laughs> they should be outlawed. But then so should shutouts. Okay. So what are we going to do here? Do, 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 do. Oh, we're going to review some games. Yeah. Let's first game up was Friday night. We had the BC Lions traveling east to Montreal. For some reason, teams don't do well in Montreal. What's going on out there? But anyhow, so uh, BC traveled out uh, to the east and played the Alouettes. And uh, Charles, you weren't at this game. No, but I was watching it. Good. And enjoying it. Um, this was a game. It was the BC Lions defense defeating the um, Montreal defense. Defeating the Montreal, well, Montreal Alouettes, period. I mean, the story of the game with the BC Lions defense, they were absolutely stifling in this game. Seven sacks. They now lead the CFL in, in sacks. Four interceptions. 
They now lead the CFL in interceptions. And it was an absolute, um, uh, maybe the best defensive game the Lions, almost certainly the best defensive game the Lions have played this year. In fact, the Montreal offense, they did get the one touchdown early and did not get another one. The only other touchdown that was scored was on a blocked field goal attempt. Lions got, uh, it got scary for the Lions early in the first, very first drive. In fact, I believe it was the second play of the game. Travis Lule goes down with a suspected separated shoulder. And non-throwing so they arm. Brought in, no, on his non-throwing arm, so that's important. So it looks like they're going to have to be relying on Jonathan Jennings for the next little bit. Uh, but Jonathan Jennings, he came in much like last week against um, Ottawa. He came in, and he wasn't spectacular, but he didn't hurt the team. He did throw the one interception, I believe, late in the first half. But for the most part, he was very much steady. He, was, um, he wasn't, they, again, it looked like they were playing to his strength. They weren't going too much for the long ball, which is where Jennings seemed to get in trouble. They were taking what the defense was giving them, and uh, he kept the ball moving. Now, I would have liked to have seen them get the ball in a few more times, into the end zone a few more times. That didn't happen. But they were able to, um, you know, do what they needed to do. Uh, They got some field goals. Jennings did put up one touchdown with the touchdown pass to Brian Burnham. And then the defense just took over and just completely shut down the Montreal offense. Antonio Pipkin has been kind of the wonder child for the Alouettes for the past two or three weeks. Uh, he looked every bit the rookie that he was. He was a did four interceptions. For a, four interceptions, a total of 95 yards passing. I'm shocked that it, we did not see anything from Johnny Manziel. I thought for sure at some point they were going to put him in because Pipkin was doing nothing. But Mike Sherman decided to go with Pipkin the entire game, and, well, there's the result, 32-14. Uh, Not just two pick sixes, two pick sixes on back-to-back drives. He back-to-back threw one, plays. Back-to-back plays, that's right. Two, plays in, two passes in a row, two pick sixes. So it was a nightmare. I suspect we are going to see Johnny Manziel start for Montreal next game. I believe Montreal is on a bye next week, so they don't play for two weeks. But, uh, yeah, the Montreal, we it looked like Montreal maybe had turned a bit of a corner. They were playing much better. And, hey, we were saying they were back into uh, getting their way back into the playoff race. But uh, I pretty much think that that loss to the Lions really uh, took away pretty much all the shine that had been on the Alouettes the last two weeks. They seem to be back to square one. And this Lions defense, they're they're rising they're rising quickly, and they're really starting to gel. So that's a good sign coming into the uh, last week, uh, last part of the season here. Uh, so we'll see what how they go going forward. So just an outstanding performance by the Lions defense. Yeah. Mon- Montreal has no hope of the playoffs. Next week they've got Winnipeg. Then they play Edmonton. No, sorry. Then they play Saskatchewan. Then they play Calgary. Then they <laughs> – they got a bye, then they're playing Toronto back-to-back, which, yeah, they might have a possibility there, and then they play Hamilton. They they have, like, maybe one or two wins left in the season for them. There's no playoff yeah. hope for the Montreal Alouettes. None. Zero. 
not going to happen. We're going to have a Western crossover. That's pretty much a given. Okay, well, if you're sleeping through NFL games, did you pay attention to this one? Yes, I did. I watched the whole thing from start to finish, as painful as it was. Um, It was a terrible game. Anthony Pipkin or whatever that crap his name is, uh, <laughs> he looked pretty freak. Antonio, he looked pretty freaking uh, normal. Um, Ordinary. He could start for Saskatchewan. He could start for Saskatchewan tomorrow, but I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> you know what? BC's defense was BC's defense was killer. Um, you know, and they're doing it with. Uh, two old guys on either end of the defensive line. And the two old yeah. guys are playing pretty good. And yeah. uh, without Solly as well. And I, I think they're, you know, I I would have said that their defensive backfield wasn't very good at the beginning of the year, but they're starting to gel. They're starting to look pretty good. And they could make a drive for the playoffs. And it's too bad Travis Lulee got hurt. But as Charles said, Jonathan Jennings, he wasn't spectacular, but he wasn't that bad either. So, I mean, you can have a unspectacular quarterback if you got a killer defense. So, let's see if BC can keep it up and make the playoffs. If they do, that'll be pretty surprising. Yeah. I guess yeah. maybe we should start the chant now. Let's one win one for the Wally. Maybe we should win one that chant now. Win one for the Wally. Win one for the Wally. Yeah, I right. like that. I like that. Hey, so in defensive categories, BC's number one in sacks, number one in interceptions, yep. number one in pass yep. knockdowns, and number two yep. in total points allowed. And That's if, uh, pretty impressive. If a, if, if a team got seven sacks on an individual game, they'd probably go right to the top of the standings as well. So, I mean, you don't see seven sacks in one game. And well, no. half those sacks half They're those bad. sacks were Pipkin's fault, I think, because he'd try and run, and there's no place to run. So... But hey, okay. Motar, just all you know, all the all the benefit to BC. I mean, they played well, or they played better than they have played. Yes, they it didn't was only get Montreal, seven. but they but they've been playing well. Yeah. So. Yeah. There you go. It was Montreal, and they played Ottawa the week before. I'm not I'm not planning a parade yeah. route for these guys right now, but they're no, they're they're coming not. together and they're playing better defense, and that's good. All they have to do is now, and they're playing good special teams. Good, not great, good. All they need now is to get the offense moving, and if they can get Jonathan Jennings back to what he was a couple of three years ago and uh, get him some confidence and get him some some balls downfield, uh, I think they have a chance to at least, you know, hold on to that crossover position. But bottom line, all you have to do is make the playoffs and you have a chance. And it oh, doesn't yeah. matter what your rec- it doesn't matter what your record is during the regular season. Just ask Calgary. Yes. Okay. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay, Mark. What's going on in this game? I didn't see the first half and from the highlights I saw I'm kinda happy I didn't see the first half. It looked pretty dull. 
Um, the second half definitely was dominated by BC's defense. It's pretty obvious. Montreal only ran 42 offensive plays the entire game. That's You're not going to win with 42 offensive plays. It's just not going to happen. Um, with Pitkin, Montreal's become the free space again, let's face it. They crashed back to earth pretty hard in this game. Hopefully it's not long-term. But uh, no, BC's defense played lights out. That being said, it was against Montreal um, and against a quarterback who they now have game film on, and I think we knew this was going to happen. So I'm not taking BC being in the lead in all the defensive categories as that they're the best defense. Because that was a nope. horrible team. No, that's no, nobody, that's nobody, said, nobody said that. I wasn't suggesting yeah. that either. Yeah. No, no, I know no. you guys aren't, but there's some people that are saying that BC's defense is one of the top defenses now. And it's like, guys, they played a horrible team who had a horrible game. Pitt oh, and they played like it was the week before, and that one much better. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, let's face it, Pipkin looked like it was his first game. He just regressed really badly. I'm really surprised Montreal didn't pull him just to try to get him to clear his head or something, put in Manziel just even for a couple of sets of downs. Coaching style there is interesting, to say the least. You you leave a guy in, he only threw 22 passes. Exactly, yeah. fairly warmed up. The, uh, the, there's most games you're throwing 22 passes in the first half. So, you know, it was definitely a game dominated by defense. But uh, how long is husband out for, have they said? Uh, I don't know. I am not the center. Yeah, he's not the best center in the league, but that could affect a lot going forward. Even, for on, even on Friday, they were having issues with the snaps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that could be an issue going forward with blocking schemes and stuff like that. It'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah. Who does BC play next? They play Hamilton uh, next. Hamilton. Hamilton next. That'll yeah. be, we'll see more of a test of how good that defense is against Hamilton. Yes. Let's face it. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, no, the the defense was full marks for the victory. Uh, Jennings didn't hurt the team. He did enough. If he stays as a game manager, he'll be fine. If he goes back to wanting to be the guy throwing the ball 45 yards downfield, we know what will happen there. So as long as he stays as a game manager, I think BC's fine going forward. It'll be, you know, Bombers are in last place, and they're four points out of second. Yeah, I know. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, no. it's going to be a fun final part of the season. Yeah. I got to so inter. Sorry. Go ahead, Will. Go ahead. I got to no, interrupt, interrupt for a second. I, I'm, 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 watch, I'm currently watching an NFL game with no sound, and a player just went out of bounds and came back. No, no, I just, the player just went out of bounds and came back in and caught a ball. Guess what the penalty they called is called? It just doesn't seem right. Hmm, Guess what the penalty is called? Is it illegal participation? No, it's called illegal touching. 
That's just not right. Okay? (laughs) That's just not right. Illegal (laughs) touching. I mean, what am I watching here? Okay? At least it's a penalty, okay? What is is really relevant? At least it is a penalty. (laughs) No, I just saw it flash up on the TV screen, illegal touching, and I'm like, what the crap is that? So. Go ahead. I'm done with the game. That's a Catholic priest thing. Okay. Uh, Okay, so time of possession at halftime had Montreal up by almost five minutes. Okay. In the first half. It was amazing. Like, Montreal dominated the time of possession in the first half. By the end of the game, BC was up by five minutes. Which tells you how good the offense of Montreal was in the second half. It was totally suppressive. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. There was a lot of things that I wanted to point out about this game that just didn't look right, didn't do anything else. Uh, Devere Posey... Four catches, 32 yards, not a bad thing. He didn't come in and rock the place, but you know what? He wasn't expected to. You know, I, I, I was just – everybody came to play, whether it was Micah Awe, Jordan Herdman, uh, Sean Lemon, TJ Lee with, with a pick, pick six, uh, Anthony Orange with a pair of picks. I mean, wow, what a game, eh? Even Bola Combo got a pick and a quarterback sack. Special teams tackle and a defensive tackle. What's the FR and a FF? Fourth fumble and... Ah, fumble recovery. Fumble recovery, that'll be it, yeah. Okay, he didn't get one of those. So, yeah, it's too bad. No, it was very impressive. Uh, it, it was a good outing for the BC Lions. I'm not going to say it's impressive because it wasn't. It was a boring game. It was a very poorly played game. But they did okay, and they got the W. And as Will says, the only thing that matters in a football game is what, Will? The W, right? The W. The W. That's all that matters, and uh, we got one. I was actually kind of impressed with William Spanback, the the running back for uh, Montreal. Uh, he, he was pounding some hard yards. What he got, he didn't get a lot of yards. He didn't get a lot of touches. He only got eight touches. Uh, but he got 52 yards at 6.5 average, with the longest being 16. But those were hard yards that he fought for. So I, I was actually very impressed with that. So anyhow. Uh, so this game came down to uh, defense. And uh, that's where it was. So the final score was the BC Lions 32, the Montreal Alouettes 14. So more than double. Charles, you picked 30 BC Lions 36 18. Pretty close, buddy. Out by eight points. Not good enough. Eight points. Nope. Now, Will, your score completely confused me. Okay? So you picked 158 to 156 for Ottawa. Now, I understand the score being a little, you know, just kind of out there. But I Ottawa was, wasn't I was playing. Delir- I, was, I was delirious from the night before, thanks. Okay. Ottawa didn't play in this game. So you picked them no, to win. <laughs> yes. Guess what? They didn't win. They didn't win. I'm so shocked. Are you? <laughs> okay. Uh, Mark picked it 34 to 12. So that's 34. That's two points there, two points there. You're out by four. Definitely better than Charles is eight. 
Chris picked it 33-24, so the 33 was closer, only one point spread there, but he was 10 off on that, so 11 points doesn't work. CJ picked it 38-21, so I'm off by six and sevens, 13. I was the worst there. Well, Will was, but uh, Mark, you hit the points there. You Back the on the sticker. winning streak. You got a winning streak, yeah. It ends quickly. <laughs> Okay, next game up, Calgary-Hamilton. Game of the week. Battle of the two top Titans in this league, right? Hamilton really coming on strong in the east, although they're not ahead of Ottawa yet. I don't think they are. I didn't look. Nope, they're still one game behind Ottawa, but they're actually doing very, very well. And uh, Calgary, who, well, what can we say about Calgary? Calgary's... 12 games played, 10 wins. Doesn't get better than that. 6-0 at home. Good thing they weren't at home. Tim Bitfield playing Hamilton Tiger Cats. Charles, go ahead. Well, this was an extremely entertaining football game. Uh, it looked for a while like the uh, Tiger Cats were going to take this one away from the uh, Calgary Stampeders. They were, uh, they were up for a bit in the early on, but the Stampeders just, um, they kept Hamilton in the game, but just um, Hamilton, it was just a kind of a case of close, but not close enough. The the, the Ticats stayed around, but it just didn't seem like, um, even though they were close, I never really got the feeling that Calgary was going to win, lose this game. I, I got the feeling that they pretty much um, had the uh, capability of putting it on any time, and basically... They had the points uh, that they needed, and they let their defense take over. I thought that Hamilton, while they had a quick start, I thought that as the game went on, I thought that they um, really kind of, um, their offense seemed to dissipate as they were going on. I thought that um, that Mazzoli looked good in the first half, and it just seemed as the game went on, the defense, I think, stepped it up a bit more. And the Hamilton offense really didn't um they didn't match the um the intensity that Calgary's uh defense brought and Calgary just pulled away. So um I thought it was a um an entertaining game. It was a fun game to watch, but um all in all, uh for the majority game I felt that Calgary was the better team and that's why they came up with the win. Yeah. You know what this game reminded me a lot of is, uh, you know, the, uh, a cat, it, it caught a mouse. And he's just kind of playing yeah. with it. He's bashing it around yeah. and, and, and knocking it. He tries to run, and he just grabs it and pulls it back in and bashes it around. Then eventually it just bites its head off. And that's kind of like Calgary and Hamilton today. Was Calgary was just kind of playing around with Hamilton, keeping him in the game, playing around, doing this. Then eventually he just bit its head off kind of a weird analogy but it just kind of seemed fitting mark what do you think here buddy yes I, i'm sleep deprived okay i'm thinking weird <laughs> shit up i know i haven't had you're a not, brownie <laughs> you're not far off really to be honest it it was a fun game to watch there was a point in the well, after the first quarter um Bolivai mitchell only had 15 yards passing Hamilton's defense was matching Calgary's defense. 
it was looking entertaining. Um, Hamilton was able to get some a special teams touchdown to answer a Calgary touchdown. Then they were able to get some fumbles and some great defensive plays for points. Masoli played okay, not great, but he played okay. But Calgary just put it into another gear and went, okay, we're done. We're taking this game over. Yeah, we're bored. And considering by the fourth quarter, don't think they had one starting receiver playing kind of thing with injuries and everything else. Again, it's just next man up yet again. The depth that Calgary has is really quite something. You know, we make a lot of fun of Bo Levi Mitchell because he's got such a great team around him. But he's going to receivers. But he's also throwing to receivers right now that he's going, what's your number, your name, who are you? Oh, yeah, okay. You know, when he calls a play, because he doesn't even know half these guys, really, from practice, because they're not starters. They're pulling these guys out of thin air. Yeah, it's amazing how they do it. And, again, it was just, it was a fun game to watch. Hard-hitting, lots of interesting plays. Um, they scored between the two teams. You had six different ways of scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. But really, it was Calgary's defense held Calgary in the game when their offense was struggling a little bit in the first quarter and part of the second quarter. And then once Calgary's offense took fire, it was game over. Yeah, you you look at in the second half, Hamilton only scored nine points. You, you know, those are bomber numbers in the second half. When you're only scoring nine points, you're not going to win. And again, they, they threw the ball 37 times, but they only ran Alex Green nine times. He had just under a six-yard average. And with it being relatively close, you would think they would just keep running him. But... They guess they want to do the run and shoot, which is more shoot. Uh, you know, lots of guys caught balls for them, but even then, Tasker was their top catcher with only 60 yards in catches. So it really was Calgary's defense that kept it steady while Calgary offense struggled, and then they just took over and pretty much walked away with it. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, like Bo Levi Mitchell threw for uh, one pass for 99 yards. Yep. Okay. He only threw for 270. So, I mean, you take out one pass for 100 yards, and you've got 170 yards of offense from Mitchell. That's not stellar. No, definitely not. And and I would guarantee you that the the other um, 170 yards came in about four five plays too because he was bombing it out there and uh, I don't know kind of weird Will you must enjoy this game you're eh? wrong you're wrong you're wrong he was really he was responsible for 190 yards because he did run for 20 yards okay Uh, uh, and and, and you know what if he does that if he does that 21 yards he he gets a standing ovation in Calgary when he runs for 20 yards, okay? Because he doesn't run, okay? No. He never runs. He never runs. I had my so, calendar out and I was timing him. 
Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, um, you know what? I I actually expected Hamilton to give him a much harder game because I thought Hamilton was playing that much better. And now I don't know if Hamilton's not playing that much better or Calgary's defense is that much better than anybody Hamilton's played against. Um, and you know what? You guys talk about Calgary's depth, but I wonder, are they finished with their depth? Because they, they, can't, they can't lose players like they've been losing players, especially at the wideout position. Because they've lost their three starters from last year. The only one they have left is, left is Mark and Michelle, and, and he was out for part of that game too. So, But they have Reggie Begleton. Yeah, there's a common household name. And they got Juwan Breskison or whatever the heck his name is. And they do have Mark and Michelle because he did come back in the game. And I, I guess... I guess they really sell that next man up philosophy because by the look of the game on on Saturday, they didn't miss a beat. No. They just kept on going. And, you know, their their running game this year is a little different. It's more of a scat-back running game, and that's even doing well. And you know what? you got to give full credit to uh, the offensive line and because uh, they played well, and they had a guy playing center that has never played center before in the CFL because they're hurt at defensive line as well. So, hey, but all that matters is to win, and I think uh, I think Bo Levi Sean yesterday, and he was hitting receivers quite well, and he was reading defenses quite well, and uh, they got the win. I guess that's all that matters. So, I don't know what the rest of the season is going to bring, but they're a good football team, obviously. Um, I think uh, Hamilton uh, came up with some surprises in the first quarter. That's why they were so confused. And then, obviously, at halftime, uh, they made adjustments, and the adjustments paid off. So, I mean... uh, you guys realize that I don't care about any of these games, right? The only game I care about is in November, okay, if the Stampeders are in it. I've seen all these wins before, okay? I've seen this stuff. It happens. They do it all the time. But where it counts, let's wait and see. Okay. Mark. Turn on your mic. I already went. You already oh, you? went. Oh, yep. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, Will, that was it? My turn? I don't know. It was an interesting Your game. Uh, I'm really confused by what happened to Daniels. Devarius Daniels. Devarius Daniels. He's running down the field. He brings his arm in and clutches his chest. I don't know whether he's clutching his chest or he's protecting his arm. And then he keels over. Okay. You thought he was having a heart attack. I thought he was having a heart attack. Because how do you hurt your arm by running? So I'm I'm confused by that. You know, he can pull a groin. From what I've heard, uh, there's some sort of, I think it was a collarbone issue. I don't know. How does this happen when you're running? 
You know, that, and, and Will, you, you suggested part. it was the play before, but I broke my collarbone. If you break your collarbone, you don't go out for another play. You don't go out there and say, yeah. oh, I'm going to try to man up on this one. You, you don't do that. It, it's not possible. So I'm really, yeah, but really... Maybe, maybe it was a partially separated shoulder or something because he basically... For the rest of the game, he basically had the same ice pack on his shoulder that uh, Travis Lule had on his shoulder the night before. So, I, I don't I'm, know. I'm, you know what? I, I, I don't, this is going to sound bad, but I'm really glad it's his shoulder, okay? Because I really thought the guy was having a heart attack. Because he got up and, and they were holding his chest and it looked like he was having problems. He was laboring in his breathing and, and, he, and, and they were holding his arm. And all of the symptoms of a heart attack. And I'm going, holy shit, man. This, this would suck if he just, col- like, dies on the field. That would be bad. That's why I think it's a collarbone, the way he was holding his arm and oh, yeah. to his chest to, to get the pressure off, you know what I mean, or whatever. I, I've, I've never broken I've, my collarbone. so I, I've been there. I've been there. It's not, not a pleasant, pretty thing to do. It's not pleasant. So yeah, no, I, I'm just I'm glad that he's going to be okay because it is healable. It it is a recoverable injury and everything else. But I still don't know how it happened because like we could blame this on like space lasers from the United States or something. Cause I don't know what the hell happened to him jogging down the field, running down the field, and breaks a collarbone. That's uh, just way too freaking weird. Okay. Um, Final score on this one was 43 to 28. And I really don't know where Calgary got 43 points from because it just like, they were just fumbling along the entire game. And all of a sudden I, I, I went away and I came back and I went, Holy shit, what just happened? So uh, yeah, less than impressed with uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli, but what do you do? Like I said, final score, 43, 28. Uh, Charles, you picked tw- Calgary to win 27-22. You're pretty close on Hamilton's score, but out by a century on the yeah. on the Calgary score, right? Mm-hmm. Will, you picked Hamilton 4-3. to three. Now, I know that in the preview, I had picked him 2-1. to one, So you just kind of upped it one notch there and went 4-3. to three. I had a change of heart later on. Mark. Calgary, 30-26. So you're off by 13, off by 15 points there. That's pretty close, eh? Considering, you know, Charles was out by so much. Chris, 32-28. That's 11. Nailed the Hamilton score. So he's out by 11 points. Uh, CJ changed the score before the game. Went Hamilton 28, Calgary 24. Not even close. Hamilton lost, loser. Um, yeah, so uh, Chris gets marks on this one. You know, for somebody who doesn't show up in the podcast, you sure winning a lot of these ga- these games, eh? Is he number one or is Mark number one now? Do you know? I'm not sure. It's pretty close. I think it's pretty close. They each got Chris one is. this game. Yeah. Chris is? Okay. Yeah. Okay, now the last game which was kind of exciting. I was kind of intrigued by this when I watched most of it, was the Ottawa Red Blacks came into Regina to play a 
Saskatchewan Rough Riders in a sold-out Mosaic Stadium. Sold out. And did you see the, the pregame thing where they killed all the lights and they gave everybody green glow sticks? It was pretty yeah. cool. That was cool. It was, it was very cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, anyhow, the, in Regina. And uh, it was an interesting game. You know, both teams are trying to gain or grasp some level of respect from the rest of the league, from the rest of the fans, from the rest of the media, and both teams are failing at it. And it's just kind of not, they're just not going the distance far enough to make them bring themselves into that upper echelon of this league. They keep thinking they're there, but they're not getting there. Charles, what's your take on this game? Last week against the Lions, we saw bad Trevor Harris. This week we against Saskatchewan, we got good Trevor Harris. You, you do the know that he team. played under Henry Burris, right? Yes. Good Hank, bad Hank. Yes, who was also very inconsistent. But uh, and I think it rubbed off on him because um, – he was uh, much, much improved from what we saw at him at BC Place last week. He passed for 334 yards and two touchdowns. William Powell was a monster in this game. He had 148 yards rushing on 18, 18 carries and two touchdowns. And I remember saying, I believe it was last week, that uh, with the way Saskatchewan's offense is running right now, if their defense has an off game they're going to have problems winning it. And, boy, I think we saw a good example of that uh, on Saturday night because um, the Riders' offense, which has been very good the past two or three weeks, uh, they really had an off game uh, in this one, and their offense did not pick up the slack. Only one offensive touchdown this week. That's only one offensive touchdown in the last two weeks because they didn't score an offensive touchdown a week before against Winnipeg. And this uh, offense, is, I, we had said before that their defensive play was masking the issues uh, that they have with their offense. And that kind of came home to roost in this one, because they, uh, they were really not uh, good at all in this game. Zach Caleros was only 10-27 of 27 for 162 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. You didn't make up anything on the rushing game. Their leading rusher, Trey Mason, was 14 carries for 68 yards. Not all that impressive. And they're just having trouble scoring offensively right now. And when the defense isn't playing uh, lights out and not helping them put points up, they're going to struggle to win games. And we saw a very good example of this on Saturday. Um, Ottawa um, is a team that is very much a yo-yo type team. They... They'll look great one week and look bad look bad the next week. They really looked poor in BC last week, but they looked a whole lot better this week in Saskatchewan. And Saskatchewan's supposed to be a very tough building for visiting teams to play in, but it didn't look all that tough on them this year, this week. And um, that offense has got to get better. Uh, Zach Kolaris has got to be considerably better than that. Um, if he thinks if they're going to go anywhere and 
really this offense really needs to step it up because they have been extremely unimpressive this season. I'm I'm sorry, their defense is, has won games for them, and if their defense is not firing on all cylinders, that offense doesn't seem to have the punch to um, to make up for it. So they're going to really have to uh, assess the situation and get um, get that offense running. And uh, on the Ottawa side, well, a good week. So does that mean they're going to have a bad week next week? We're going to have to wait and see. But a good win for them on the road anyways. Uh, good for them to get back into the win column. Okay. Uh, well... Take on the green green meanies. Well, you know what my take is on them. Yeah, don't, don't you? Good. It's a it's a good day every day when the riders lose. Sorry, and uh, as I've been telling rider fans for about a month now, they're an ordinary team. They're not that good. Their defense has moments. Their offense is horrible. Their quarterback is a little bit better than a game manager. Um, and uh, Ottawa came and proved it. And, I mean, you know what? When Ottawa gets gets on, when Ottawa's on, and when Harris is on, they're a good team. It just doesn't happen very often. But they made, they made uh, Saskatchewan's defense look ordinary yesterday. I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they got a sack. And they've been living off their sacks. Uh, Saskatchewan. I don't think they got one sack. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they didn't. Well, I'm flying to um, the sacks right now. Yeah. I don't think Saskatchewan got one. You're correct. I know, uh, I know Ottawa. Have... Ottawa might have had a couple. So Nope. No sacks in the game at all. No, nope. Not at all. No sacks. Okay, so two good offensive lines, I guess. William Powell yeah, was a down. monster. William Powell was a monster, and yeah. Ottawa is the second team that showed. You know, you can go for the sacks all the time, but where are you where are you susceptible? Susceptible in the running game, and people have run on Cal or on Saskatchewan. Winnipeg did it in the in the uh, Labor Day game. Andrew Harris had a hundred and some odd yards and Ottawa just proved it here. So I think there's the weakness with uh, Saskatchewan is their running attack. And if they sit back to stop the run, then their uh, sack uh, thing is not there anymore. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious ABC football. Okay. So, uh, but Saskatchewan lost. I'm thrilled about it. I'm just dying to wait till they come back to Calgary. We need we need a little revenge around here. So, um, and I can't wait till they get here. So yeah, it was a great game because Saskatchewan didn't win, and you can tell I'm not a Saskatchewan fan. And you know the thing about uh, you know them having sellout crowds at home the minute. They get behind, or another team has big plays on them. That crowd is silent. It, you yeah. never hear from them again. Or abuse. So, or abuse. It turns on them. Turns yeah. on them. Yeah. And, and a sellout, noisy crowd can be just as painful or detrimental yeah. when the team is not performing. 
it goes it yeah. gets right under the skin of the players and it's deflating. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Good assessment, Will. Mark, what you got to add? Yeah, the, the, Will is right about Saskatchewan's defense. If they don't have a top game, which they didn't, they're hard-pressed to win. You, you look at the percentage numbers for um, their quarterbacks. Colorado's was 37%. Harris was 79%. You're not winning many games at 37% passing. Zach Evans couldn't hold onto anything yesterday. He was dropping passes on left, right, and center. He killed any momentum Saskatchewan was getting. Every time they started getting a drive going, they went to him over the middle, wide open, and he walked off shaking his head. I give credit for Kalaros who kept going back to him because he kept getting open. But that's where Chris Jones has to go, okay, buddy, you're on the bench. And Rob Bag's standing there doing nothing. He's not great anymore, but you know he's going to hold on to the ball. That was straight-up coaching. Rob Bag sitting there waiting to play. Why did you sign him besides a PR move? Um Saskatchewan gets all their points. Does this, any of this remind you of Winnipeg the last two years? They get all their points, all their yardage on interception returns, mm-hmm. kickoff returns, and punt returns. Yep. You know, the one good thing was Saskatchewan getting opening kickoff touchdown. Somebody's getting groceries for a year. That's pretty cool. But, you know, if you shut down the interceptions on them, which you can when you're getting 150, 160 yards rushing, you don't have to throw the ball as much. Their offense is horrible. If I'm a Ryder fan, I'm going, yeah, we got a good defense. But, man, we look like the Bombers of the last two years. How did that end? Not well. It, it was really shown yesterday. If that defense doesn't get the sacks, and doesn't get the interceptions. How often do you see a 101-yard drive? It's not very often. And Ottawa marks that ball down like just no problem at all. My biggest bone of contention was the refing in that game yesterday, both ways, not one way or another. But one of Saskatchewan's punt return touchdowns in the second half the punter gets nailed from behind. No call. Ref standing right there. I know we talk about this all the time, but hello, eye in the sky, they need to add that to that because that's an obvious penalty that's missed. But really, Saskatchewan held, they stayed in close all game. But at no point did I think that they were even close to winning. That's the Trevor Harris I like to watch. We just don't get to see it very often. You would see me do a complete 180 on it, on him and how I feel about him, if he could do that more often. They had almost 500 yards in offense, and they actually put a game away with that. We've seen too many times where they don't put the game away. 
Saskatchewan's defense had no answer. Charleston Hughes was getting all kinds of depth getting in there, but by the time he turned around, Powell was 10, 15 yards up the field. It Really, it came down to play calling. Elizondo called a great game. Every time Saskatchewan dialed up to pressure, he just ran the ball. So, like Will says, it's always good when Saskatchewan loses. So, yeah, it was a fun game to watch, and the right team won. Go ahead, Christopher. Yeah, I'm just trying not to snore. Um, <laughs> not that you're being boring or anything else. I'm just not staying awake very well here. Uh, interesting game. I liked it. Uh, yeah, as Will says, the Riders lost. Anytime that a uh, Western team gets beaten by an Eastern team, I'm excited. So the Red Blacks did us a favor. Um, so I'm I'm happy with that. Not really too much. I'm not impressed with Zach Caleros. I don't know what. Is he not getting enough time? Is he just lost the edge? Is he not got his head in the game? 10 for 27, 37% per- percentage. Uh, six, 162 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions is not good enough to be mediocre. No, it's not average. It's way below average. So, you know, I've always said Zach Caleros is probably the most talented quarterback in the CFL. He's just not on a team. He's never been on a team. And uh, he's not proving it. And I don't know. He's He's got some awesome receivers, and yet he's simply not doing it. Uh, Marcus Thigpen, back-to-back kickoff return touchdowns or something like that. Uh, Ottawa gets one, Saskatchewan scores a touchdown, Ottawa takes it to the house on the kickoff, then Saskatchewan turns around, takes it back to the house. Something on there was going on, and it was bizarre. Or Marcus Thigpen, that one. Maybe that was the Calgary game. He, that was the opening score touchdown, opening kickoff, right? Marcus Thigpen took the yeah, opening kickoff down for a touchdown. That, that, that's what that was. That, that, that kicking, kicking, to feel, uh, kicking to touchdowns, well, that was the Calgary game. That's amazing. You know, 188 yards kickoff returns. Well done, Marcus. Okay. Ottawa, Saskatchewan, final score, Ottawa 30, Saskatchewan 25. Charles, you picked Saskatchewan. Will, you picked Ottawa, 2-1. to one. Nothing going to happen. Mark, you picked Saskatchewan, 26-18. Chris, you picked Saskatchewan, 28-24. CJ, I changed my score before the Calgary game, and I actually I, – I just – I was sick to my stomach because I picked Saskatchewan because I honestly thought Saskatchewan's going to win. And I just, I was so, I couldn't do it. I couldn't pick Saskatchewan. I couldn't do it. So I, I changed my score to Ottawa 32, uh, Saskatchewan 28. I was out by four points. I win the star. Charles, how could you do that to me? I didn't do that. Oh, Will, did you do that? How did you do it, Will? You don't have the panel up, do you? I think he probably does. Oh, geez, there you go. Oh, he he's upset. He's upset because he picked Ottawa two to one, and then I changed my score from Saskatchewan to Ottawa, and he would have won. Oh, yeah. That was a the... bitch pick. 
That was a bitch pick. Sorry. No, 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 no. You, you want to know what the bitch pick was? Me taking Hamilton two to one, and you taking Hamilton four to three. That's a bitch pick. Okay, that is really a bitch pick, without question. I mean, that's the definition. You look it up in the phone in the in the dictionary of bitch pick. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't care. There you go. <laughs> It, it's been it's been so long since you got a point, anyways. So that's okay. I'll I know. Okay. I, I don't know why you, you're doing this. It's just I'm barely treading water above Charles on this one. <laughs> this season It's terrible. Both of us are terrible. Charles, yep. shout out again this week. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh huh. We need to get like seven or eight games in one weekend for you, and then maybe you can do something there. Unfortunately, there's a maximum of four, so that's uh, probably we not used to happen. Have, we used to have five games in one week. Remember that Toronto used to have two games? Yeah, that was weird. That was always weird. That was always weird. Okay. They normally have one of the games on like a Tuesday or something like that, which I yeah. hated. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody hated those. Okay, so we got no agenda this night, so we're not not knowing what we're actually going to talk about. So I'm going to flip through this and, and just kind of grab some shit. And uh, you guys, Charles, you're going to have to kind of wing this one because I am going to fade off real quickly here. I'm trying to stay awake, and it's not working very well. Belton Johnson put up some CFL power rankings for week 14. They're ridiculous, okay? He's got stamps in first place. Nobody's arguing with that. Edmonton in second place, eh, we could argue that one, but it's, uh, it's safe. Red Blacks in third? What the hell you been smoking, Belton? Red Blacks in third? Riders in fourth, Ty Cats in fifth. Come on, they may have lost to Calgary, but they did. It, they were not embarrassed, and they've been playing a pretty good game. You can't put them in fifth place. BC down in sixth, Bombers in seventh, Argos. How did the Argos move up from ninth? You had them in ninth place last week, and you, and, and they moved up when they're on a bye. I don't got that one. I don't can't figure that one out. Did Alouettes stunk up that match that you dropped them? I don't know, Belton. You're really out to lunch on this. Anybody got any comments on what the power rankings? What do you want to see here? We got the stamps in first place straight across. No problems. Uh, let's do a quick poll. Eskimos. Who's in number two? Will. Esks. They were on a bye this week, too. So they can't go down. They can't go up. They should stay where they're at. Well, we had Ticats in second last week. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah. So Edmonton moved up. From doing Edmonton, what? Nothing. And they moved up two spots. No, they moved up one spot. Riders dropped two. And how was is, how is Hamilton? How was Hamilton below the Riders? Because, Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton fell yeah. from second place to fifth place because they lost to Calgary. Everybody loses yeah, to but, Calgary. That's why Calgary's yeah, but in at first least, place. But at least. But at least Hamilton showed up and lost to a decent team as opposed to. Uh, Saskatchewan. Yeah, the Riders they, dropped one to Red Blacks, and both the Red Blacks and the Riders are higher than Ticats. How how can you do this, Belton? Uh-huh. I don't understand. I, you know, he calls himself a football authority. I'm picking on you, Belton. Love you to bits, but you know what? Your power rankings are off. Um, I did post up my own on this one, and I'll, I, I'll throw it out there just because we'll rip through this real fast, see if you guys argue with this one. I got Stamps in one, Ticats in two, Edmonton. Riders in four, BC five, Red Black six, Bombers seven, Alouettes in eight, 
Argos in ninth. Who's going to argue? Give me an argument. Pretty good. Give me a good argument, Mark. No, uh, that's pretty much how I had it. So. Yeah, I, I, that's pretty accurate. That's what I would have said too. So okay, so there you got the power rankings. Okay, I'm I'm bored with this article already. Let's move on. What else have we got? Uh huh. No, I'm not doing that one. Todd goes off. Todd's got this this it, fixation, this absolute fixation. Todd Mogi's got this fixation on BC and BC quarterbacks. I don't know. It, it's hard for him to post on here. That if he's not posting an article, like reposting an article, he, the only time that he actually posts anything in there, it's, it, it's about BC and and trying to point out to BC Lion fans that their team sucks. Okay. And yeah, I know Mark at the end of the show used to say BC sucks and he doesn't do that anymore because bombers kind of suck worse, but um, yeah, this is like wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I posed the question about the BC Lions fans. Their defense is considerably better than it was earlier. Now that Jonathan Jennings is coming back down the stretch, does this help or hurt their cause for making the playoffs? I want you to know, Todd, you got the wrong there. Okay. It's you got there are as opposed to a possessive there. Okay, is Jennings the last chance? Is this Jennings' last chance? Charles, Jennings coming back in. Is it going to help BC or is it going to hurt BC coming down the stretch? Did losing Lule hurt the BC Lions' chance of making the playoffs? And is Jennings fails on this? Is this his last chance, last kick at the cat? Well, to address the first one... Anytime you lose a quarterback the caliber of Travis Lule, it's always going to hurt your team. I think it hurt the Toronto Argonauts when they lost Ricky Ray. Uh, Jonathan Jennings is a former most outstanding player. He's a former Grey Cup most outstanding player. Uh, no, 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 no. You just said Jonathan Jennings. You meant Travis Lule. Excuse me. Travis Lule. My mistake. Travis Lule yeah. is a former most outstanding player. Uh, Travis Lule is a former Grey Cup MVP Anytime you lose a quarterback of that caliber, it's going to hurt you. I mean, that just goes without saying. Uh, That doesn't mean that uh, they can't recover from that. Uh, Travis Lulay has been knocked out of both games, both last week and this week, and the Lions still went on to win. I think largely um, for Jonathan Jennings, it really depends on how they game plan for him. If they play to his strengths, which I feel they they did both last week and this week, and don't try and make him Superman and make him be, like we said, a game manager, he can have success with the BC Lions. If he goes out and just starts throwing bomb after bomb off the bomb and it turns into interception after interception, it isn't going to work. We've seen it in the past. It's not going to work. Is this Jennings' last kick of the can? He's only like 24 years old. So I'm kind of weary to say that it's his last kick of the can when he's so young. He has very very much shown potential in the past that he can be an effective quarterback in this league. So I'm not going to go out on a limb and say this is his last chance because he's still young enough. He's still learning the game. He really got thrown into the fire as a starter in his first season. 
because he had just joined the team, and basically they lost Travis Lilly up front, and he was forced almost to learn on the job. Well, I still think he's learning. I, this is what? It's, I think, only his third full season in the league. So uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, if he doesn't have success this year, he's done. I'm not willing to say that because, quite frankly, I think uh, we need uh, he needs to be given more time. And uh, he can't – this is in a – that doesn't mean, though, this is this not in an important uh, stretch here for Jonathan Jennings. He's got to start showing that he can lead the team for victories – uh, beginning to end. Now, you pretty much this game against Montreal, he did go beginning to end because it was the first series when Travis Lule got knocked out and then he played the entire rest of the game. And he was able to have the team uh, get the win. So that's um, certainly it was helped along by the defense, as we mentioned earlier. But he didn't hurt the team. He wasn't throwing multiple interceptions. He was completing passes and he was completing passes where his strength is, the 10, 15-yard passes, the guys coming across the middle, that is where I think right now he is most effective. So if they play to those strengths and they game plan to that, he can be effective. The Lions can win games with Jonathan Jennings, especially if the defense continues on the pace that they're on. So, yeah, it, does it hurt their chances at the playoffs? Sure it does. But does that mean that they're dead and buried? No, not by a long shot. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Mark, flip side. It's the Bombers they got to stay ahead of. You know what? Obviously, losing Lule is going to affect your team. You're losing one of the top quarterbacks in the CFL. So, yeah, you're, you're going to be affected, of course. Um, with Jennings, I don't think it's his last chance by any means. But... It is a different GM now, and will be a different coach next year. If Lule plays like he has the last couple of games, not making too many mistakes, staying conservative, being a game manager, I know a lot of people don't like that tag. They think it means you're a bad quarterback. But if you mean Jennings, not Lule. Yeah. Yeah, Jennings. Yeah, sorry. Yep. If Jennings stays within himself and doesn't try to be the hero, and just plays well, even if they don't win a bunch more games and say they don't make the playoffs, or they do make the playoffs, but they get bounced out right away, yeah, he's going to have another chance next year. But if he goes back to the gunslinger and starts hucking the ball down the field and starts earning his nickname again, the old bad nickname, then I don't was know... That, was that the O.C.? Uh... Was that Kahari Jones that did that to to Jonathan Jennings, or was that Jonathan it's, Jennings? It's possible that it was John. It was Kahari Jones calling. It was obviously Kahari Jones calling the plays, but it's Jennings throwing those interceptions. He's also got to look at that when he's looking going through his reads, and he looks and he goes, "Oh crap! There's triple coverage. No, I'm not throwing the ball." And he was throwing the ball. He was trying to be a gunslinger. As long as he stays, goes through his reads, and if the big one isn't there, you just do the check down. You get five, six, seven yards every time on first or second down, you're going to get your first downs. But with a, it, 
you know, all bets are off next year. You're going to have a new head coach. You've 100% now the team is under Ed Hervey. Because right now, yeah, it's Ed Hervey's team. It's Ed Hervey's team as long as Buono lets it be Ed Hervey's team this year. Let's face it. So I don't think he's I don't think he's at the where he's you know going to be bounced right away. But if he doesn't play well, they will be looking at bringing in somebody else. Because how many more years realistically does Lule have? Yeah, he lasted longer this year without getting injured. But again, now he's going to be out probably close to the rest of the season. It's not his throwing arm, but that's still the, the arm is, arms again. So, really, Lule's not going to be around much longer. They need to find the next guy going forward. This is, his, this is Jennings' shot to make BC his team. It just depends on how he goes about it. If he's smart... Manages the game, yeah, definitely he's back next year. If he goes back to Jonathan Pickings, it might be time for them to move on from him. Yeah, he's only been a three-year starter, but he's been a three-year starter, and this is another chance for him to start. So that's about it. Okay. Will. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is if we would like Travis Lule to be in the CFL for a couple more years at least, the CFL should pass a rule that he never gets to play against Montreal. Okay? Because he always gets hurt hurt in the Montreal games four times. Okay? He should never play against Montreal. Don't play Montreal in September. You should be okay. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Jonathan Jennings isn't even close to being done. He's 25 or 26, whatever he is. 24. You know what? If 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 BC releases him, uh, then there will be eight other teams that are going to line up for him as a backup at the very least. Okay? Because I, I think the guy needs a – I think the guy needs a quarterback guru. That's what I think he needs. And because uh, he's got all the skills – and you know, yeah, he throws picks, but whatever. I, I don't. He's not even close to done. I mean, if the CFL doesn't sign him, the Alliance Football League will. I guarantee you. So, I mean, what else does BC have? BC has nothing else going forward. Yeah, they'll have Travis Lule for a couple more years, maybe. Okay, so I think they got to stick with him, and uh, let's see how he does in these upcoming games. Because if he plays within his skill set and he plays within the team skill set, they should do okay. So there's not much more you can say. You don't give up a guy on a guy when he's 25 years old or whatever he is. Never, never, so. never, never, never. He has the talent. He just what the hell? He does. You know, you gotta you gotta let him go. You gotta let him work through these things. And you know, maybe that. that I think Jonathan Jennings is going to excel under a new coaching system. I think there's something going on right now with the BC Lions, with Wally, with the fact that he's leaving. And I, I'm just not – I'm not seeing the Lions playing with the heart that they need to be playing with. And it's kind of upsetting. So, uh, yeah, let it go. Now, okay, let's move on. Something new. Um, 
<laughs> Does the league actually conspire to allow the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to win games? Well, this is a post in Let's Talk CFL by uh, Neil Newton. Neil, Ottawa won. If the league was going to conspire against everybody else in the league so that Saskatchewan would win, Saskatchewan would win more often. They would have more than four Grey Cups. No, it's totally and completely ridiculous. What we're dealing with here is incompetent officials that absolutely and completely missed this clip. This was uh, the punter, I think, was uh, going after the the kick return and got lambasted from behind and sent flying. And, but what, what the worst thing about this is the worst thing about it is cause my, I've got a comment in here and we'll get down to it. And it's to me, it's so justifiable and will, you're going to love this one. I don't know whether or not you actually read it or not. Um, it's truly pathetic how some Rough Rider fans, how Rider fans can justify the illegal activities of their team. There's so many people in here saying that, oh, that wasn't a clip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, he, he took a dive. He should get a trophy for diving. Are you serious? I can't look at this. I, I, it, just, it blows my mind that they can find justification for this type of an illegal play. This isn't like borderline illegal. This is absolutely on the numbers. The guy pushes him on his nameplate on his back, and the guy goes face first into the turf. Yeah, he took a dive, no doubt about it, you moron. I'm looking at it right now. He's clearly hitting him from behind. And then to justify that this is a good hit. That's like trying to justify that that, that hit on Travis Lule last week. The spearing was a good hit. And people actually tried to do it. I, seriously, I, are, are these people football fans? Do they know anything about this game at all? I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. Charles, go ahead. Well, they do get a lot of calls. But, I mean, I don't know about the whole conspiracy thing. I think it's kind of a a bit of a, I don't think, I, I don't buy into that conspiracy. Um, but they do seem to get an awful lot of calls. And Ryder fans, I mean, you can call, call a spade a spade. If it was a bad hit, you can say, oh, yeah, we got away with one there. It's not going to change anything. But don't insult people's intelligence by looking at something very obvious. I mean, it, they posted the clip on Let's Talk CFL. You can see quite clearly that he blocks from the rear. And it's nothing gets called. It, it's a clear clip. It's a clear illegal block. And it didn't get called. Don't just try and say, oh, well, it was an act. It was not a dive. It was not... Anything. He was blocked. He was pushed from behind. And uh, I'm sorry, it, it was a penalty. If you're saying it's not a penalty, you're absolutely just, um, you've got no sense of reality. Don't, don't let your bias uh, try and sway you over what you can see in front of you. It's hard to argue with video. Willie Jefferson hit him with an illegal block. 
It's not uh, something that's debatable. Just watch the video. Um, so I really get annoyed because people, some of the things they say is, um, you know, um, you know, it's um, really an insult to people's intelligence at times. And here's the thing, and someone else brought this up in the chat. This was a scoring play. They, they ended up scoring a touchdown on this. So all scoring plays are reviewed. Should they not be, the eye in the sky, not be able to call a penalty? If they're reviewing that play, that's a blatant penalty. Should they not be able to call that back? Because They did. Uh, they did in the BC game with the horse collar tackle. Exactly. So Right on the, on the exactly? fumble recovery? Right. So, but, but that was a, that was a challenge, though. That was a straight up challenge. No, it, was, no, was it wasn't. The, 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 yes, it was. Was it not? No, it wasn't. It was not. Wally challenged it, but he didn't have to challenge it because it was a turnover. That's right. So all turnover, turnovers are turnover, automatically right. challenged. Right. That's correct. Yeah. So what but, the, um, the problem is is that was that was a challenge review, not a video review, and they're actually right. different according to the league, but. It, it, it should have just come up and said, yeah, you know what? Scoring play, oh, look, see, this is a penalty. Yeah, and that should be what the, uh, the eye in the sky, if we're going to use that to its full potential, that's a play that they've got to call, make a call on because that is very blatant there. They're looking right at it. The camera's right on it. That's a play that they should be making a call on and calling that back. So, and so... Is there a conspiracy? No, there's no conspiracy. But Ryder fans, stop. Get your head out of the sand. Um, stop trying to insult people's intelligence. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. Don't try and just justify it because you're a Ryder fan. Okay. Before before we mo- yeah before we move on to Charles and Mark, I want to add one thing here because there's this this is something that's really been bothering me a lot lately. And it's uh, for years, actually, it's about getting a penalty on a kick return. Okay. So you got a kick return. You got a guy running down the field. He runs for 60 yards and then some bozo pushes somebody from behind and it's a penalty and it gets pulled all the way back plus 10 yards. Yeah. Don't you think that, the, don't you think that the penalty, that the play should be called dead at the point in which the penalty occurred and then go back 10 yards? Why yes. take the 60 yards away from him that he earned legally? That the team didn't give up? You know, if, if, if the penalty was at the beginning of the play, I understand. But when it's at the end, he, he should still get those yards. Just, and, and I'm not yeah. saying just for Saskatchewan or for BC or for anybody. I just always found it bad that when the penalty occurred after a, a great return, not before. If it happened before a great return, it, it's not a great return because it was illegal. But if the if the infraction happened at the end, most of that play should still stand. Okay, anyhow. It, it should be like pass interference, point of foul. Point of foul. There you go. Um, but in the opposite, direct, opposite way. Right. Uh, Will, what do you think on Saskatchewan? Is there a conspiracy to uh, – to to make well, if, let them win. If if someone is conspiring to make them win, they should they're be doing fired. A job. Yeah, they, <laughs> because they are doing a piss poor job. Okay, because they're not winning. Um, 
I'm I'm not I'm not the best person to ask this to, of because I just I I'm sorry I hate Saskatchewan I really do. I mean we can go on and on. The thing that irked my is is in the banjo bowl when Jefferson or Willie Jefferson intercepted that pass and ran for a touchdown and he danced into the end zone. I just hated that. Okay, I, I wish somebody would have shot him on the field or something. I just don't like Saskatchewan. Never have, never will. And are they conspiring to help them win? I, I don't think so. Come on, really? I'm they not are, a that conspiracy. Was a terrible job. I'm not yeah. a conspiracy theorist kind of guy, so I, I just don't believe anything like that. Okay, I mean, is is somebody paying? Calgary money to be so piss poor in the Grey Cup. Come on, is is that what's happening too in the league? Maybe, maybe maybe they're giving <laughs> these guys bonuses to lose the Grey Cup. Who knows? There's no other. Right? There's no good reason for it. Maybe that, maybe that, Bo that Levi has more sense than most things. Maybe Bo Levi has a lookalike, and they play him in the Grey Cup games, and he doesn't win. Cardboard um, replica. Come on. Come on, guys! Really, really, come on! Um, and and I did see that. I did see that blocking in the back penalty on the touchdown. And you know what? I I wanted them to throw a flag because I thought it was blatant. And I saw it. I think before most people saw it, I saw it on the replay. And yeah, well, it happens. Guys miss calls all the time. But. You know, I mean, that's why we have re- other, video review, though. Charles pointed out we have say, video review I, for that reason. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if if I'm. I guess I'm not up on on what you can challenge and what you can't challenge. But if you guys remember correctly, and I don't know if you do, in the Hamilton Calgary game, Calgary scored a touchdown, and and June Jones challenged it and said there was an illegal block on the play. I didn't know you could you could once again to me that's uh looking for things that don't really matter. And I didn't know you could challenge that, but he did and it wasn't overturned, so they still got their touchdown. But I was really questioning that the other day. I gotta look I gotta look at the rules to see. I, I so. you can you can you can do pass interference but not illegal contact. I don't know about well, illegal they call this they called it an illegal block. That's what he was challenging. He said there was an illegal block on the play. Hmm, so and it did not get overturned. So, but interesting. Anyways, go okay. ahead, Mark. I can see why some people think at times that there is a conspiracy, whether it's Saskatchewan or any team, really, in some games. If because anything, I'd say Toronto, that, but they lose as much. Well, yeah. Not only was there that play that led to a touchdown directly, but the roughing the passer penalty. That <laughs> he, th- this guy's like six foot four. What is he weigh? Four hundred pounds. He's wider than I am tall. He's in the air. He literally moves his body and his arms to not hit Calaros doesn't come near him and they call roughing the passer he, he twisted then, his body he twisted his body in the air, air in the air to avoid him 
I was so and he's impressed. He's not a small man, and he's no. not a small man. Nope. And he didn't he didn't brush his helmet. It's not like a couple of years ago where there was the light head slaps and they were calling that. He didn't even touch him. And the, again, I think it was the next play or two plays later, Saskatchewan got a touchdown. Hello, folks. That's fourteen points. So I can I can see where people think there is a conspiracy at times, but we also have to remember who the ref crew was that day. It was Al Bradbury. Al Bradbury. Oh God. God. Exactly. You know, um, I, if he's not the I worst, he's the second worst crew. Guy. It's the whole crew. It's not just him; it's the whole crew because he doesn't call all the penalties. You know, the, the other he doesn't he doesn't call any penalties. <laughs> but that those two penalties or nine penalties for one and penalty for the other, it was just is anybody watching? Because I caught the um, punt return one. Live, like it was. I didn't need to see a replay to think that that was a penalty. It no. was like, okay, sweet, this is coming back. What? Where's the flag? Mean How come no there's penalty? no flag? What's going on? Okay, so they review the call then, the the play, because it's a scoring play, and it stands. Hello. What is the purpose of the eye in the sky? This is what he should be used for. That's the exact purpose of this guy is to correct the calls on the field, especially when they're that blatant and they're affecting the game. And for people to say that that blocking in the back wasn't a penalty, I could see maybe because the one arm is on the arm, but the other is square in the middle of the shoulder pads in the back. And the line judge was right there. A couple of the riders are saying that he turned his back to him so that he, he couldn't block him from the side. He and, had and to I'm going to try to run. He was, he was, he was changing his angle to cut he off the, he was pursuing he was the run going for the play. But the point being here is it doesn't matter. If you push somebody from the numbers, from his nameplate in the back, it's a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Enough of this. Let's not pick on Saskatchewan anymore. I want to. I want to go talk to uh, about Shakir Ryan, Hamilton player, who got tackled by his dreadlocks. <laughs> okay. Now, here here's the deal on that. There is no penalty for tackling a guy by the hair. Okay, it's not a penalty because the hair is considered part of the uniform. Okay. Agreed. Mm-hmm. If you look, if you look at the rules, the it's hair part is considered uniform. part of their uniform. Yep. Okay. So if you were to grab a person by the uniform, up by his neck, and pull him over backwards, what's it called? Come on, guys. Uh, horse collar. I can't. Horse collar. It's a horse collar tackle. So why, if, if, you're, if the hair is part of the uniform and you pull him backwards by the head, is that not the pure definition of a horse collar tackle? Yep. 
Okay. It is 100%. What I what I want to know is how many guys next week are going to cut their hair off because I bet you three-quarters of the league didn't know that was legal. No. I, I, I disagree with you, Will, because if you look at the teams, offensive players, especially ball carriers, receivers, and running backs, all have short hair. It's the defensive guys that usually have long hair, and it's usually the defensive guys that either in an interception or a fumble recovery get pulled down by the hair. Yeah. Okay? So I think offensive players as a rule do know this. Now, Shakir Ryan is a rookie returner that was filling in for somebody else, a Frankie Williams. Okay? And he just hasn't been in the league long enough to know that this is really stupid to have dreadlocks if you're going to touch the ball. Yeah, but there's also the dude in Winnipeg, Bart. There's the dude in Winnipeg, Bart, the guy with the red hair, the running back. What's his name? Flanders. Flanders. He's got hair sticking out of his helmet. Yeah, Yeah, well, he's going to learn. Because it's fair game. Go ahead, Christopher. Well, it's it's fair game. It's part of the uniform. You're allowed to grab it, just like you're allowed to grab any part of the uniform. But if you pull somebody over backwards, that's a horse collar. I don't care whether you're using the uniform, the actual shoulder pads, or the hair. It's a horse collar tackle, and it should have been called. Yep. Go ahead, Mark. Continue where you were, buddy. I was just going to say um, the only other one on Bombers that has long hair is John Rush. He had it, I think it was just about to the bottom of the numbers, but he actually shaved it off today. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 there's offensive players, as a rule, don't have long hair for this very, very reason. Yeah, and I mean, it, when you grow out your hair, that's your choice that you're making. So you got to know that if you're going to grow it out, it's going to be fair game. It's like putting handles on your uniform. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you're trying to run down the field and you don't want somebody to tackle you, wouldn't you want to put slip them on your shoulder pads? No, you shouldn't put handles on them. Mm-hmm. Cut your hair, bozo. And he says he's not cutting his dreadlocks. He's just going to deal with them differently. Okay. Going to get pulled down again. Yeah, without question. Uh, okay, what have I got? I got an article here. Where did it go? Where's my favorite Zach Caleros? There he is. I would have booed us too. <laughs> I love it. Zach Riders quarterback Zach Caleros was unable to put his finger on the reason for the Riders' home loss to the Ottawa Red Blacks. Well, I can. You played like shit. They sucked. They sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they lost to Ottawa. My God. BC beat Ottawa. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then he comes out and he says, I would have booed us too. Well, at least he's being honest, right? Yep. You know, it's not pointing fingers. He's not doing anything. He, you know, he can stand in front of the microphone and say, we sucked. 
So good on him. Okay, that was Chris like the Jones. understatement of the century. Yeah, well, Chris Jones has got a different opinion. He says, we're a good football team. Unfortunately, tonight we did not play our best football, so you can look squarely at me, the head coach. Okay, well, that's kind of good, but kind of bad. I saw a post. I'm just trying to remember who it was by. Uh, It was one of these CFL writers. I'm just trying to look up to figure out who it was. But basically, he said online that Saskatchewan's defense is 1 or 1B with Calgary. Um, Saskatchewan is 1A, 1B with Calgary? Yes. Oh, no. Saskatchewan's defense. Bloody wonder, yeah. Jamie Nye is the one that wrote this. No wonder. They're talking the defense. Yeah. I want what what he's smoking because it's better than BC Bud. Yeah, it says Riders defense is one A, one B with Calgary. Okay. They've been good. That's a real stretch. Excuse me. They weren't so one till yesterday. They've been good at uh, they've been good at taking off um interceptions and fumbles and stuff like that. But it it's like Winnipeg was the last two years. It masked. 500-yard offensive games by the opposition. So they're opportunistic. But, you know, Todd gets blasted for this all the time on the page. Todd Todd has them way down far. He's got them, like, fifth, I think. So he gets blasted on that. I could see third or fourth, but 1A, 1B is ridiculous. Who? I have them in fifth. They just got lit up for 500 yards. Two games ago, Andrew Harris let them up for 150 yards by himself. Mm-hmm. Like, hello? This is, I keep saying it, the Riders are Winnipeg the last two years. They're living, they're living on a defense that's getting interceptions for touchdowns, which Winnipeg did the last two years. It's the same thing. All the Rider fans were calling down the Winnipeg defense and offense the last two years. Now it's on the other foot. What do you expect from Nye, though? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing more than that. Will, do you have anything to say, or can I just... Never mind. You hate Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan sucks. Okay? Yeah. I don't care if they have Charleston Hughes. Okay? He disappeared tonight or the other night. Okay? Sorry. Bottom line. So did Willie Jefferson. So did all of them. Defense not that good. So, okay. So, BC Lions pick six. Okay, late in the game. Okay, Pipkin goes back, throws the ball. Anthony Orange cuts him off and runs it into the end zone. And the TSN camera picks up. Who does they put the camera on? They put it on Johnny Manziel. And what's he doing? He's laughing. Oh, my good Lord. Is that really what you do as your backup quarterback or as number one quarterback who's been benched? You laugh at your other 
he's your partner. He's your partner in crime. He's 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 you guys should be like supporting each other like your brothers. Wow. That is why this guy is never going to amount to anything in this league or any league because it's only about him. And last time I checked, football was a team sport. Uh-huh. You got an answer for that one, Will? Um it goes to it goes to Johnny Manziel's character. He complained in the past week that or, or lack that, thereof that 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 he he's not getting any playing time and and Montreal traded half their team to get him there, so why isn't he getting player time? And uh I I wish the guy, you know, I wish they say he's changed and maybe he has, but I'm still thinking the minute that guy gets any success, we'll see the real Johnny Manziel. And I, I, I don't even think he'll be around next year, to be honest with you, because I still think if he's thinking he's been treated unfairly, He'll go somewhere else in the off season. Mm-hmm. Another league, who knows? Well, he, he or will they? Well, it depends on your well, lease or not. He's in a yeah, two-year but contract. I, but if but if they if they give him a chance to start, I tell you what, Pipkin did play terrible, and I'm surprised that they didn't put Manziel in. But I guarantee you, if he gets a start this week and he plays terrible. They'll put Pipkin in. I guarantee it. And I'm sure he's not going to like that. So Yeah, probably not. You know, we'll see what happens, but I'm pretty sure that's that's fairly predictable. So, you know, I mean, they say he was he was off this past week because he had the flu. Was that really it? Or was he sulking? Who knows? But you know what? Why are we starting to talk about a quarterback who has done nothing in the CFL? Because he's a, a so, loser and an idiot because he's laughing at his own team. Well, and that's kind of pathetic. And I hope that's dealt with internally by teammates. How does that sound? Did, well, you, did already... anybody... Go ahead, Charles. Well, wasn't he also like popping off in like a radio interview last week saying he thought... Uh... He was going to get more of a chance, and he doesn't understand why he wasn't starting when coming back. I remember yeah. a radio interview he did last week about that. Yeah, he did that. He said that. Yeah. He said those things. So it goes to character once like again, or lack of. Player at all. Did Did anybody check out the uh, interview of uh, of Pipkin after the game? Yeah, he kept saying, "My fault." I played my terrible. Fault, my fault. Yeah. My fault. I played terrible. Mm-hmm. I played terrible. I I apologize to my team. I played terrible. Yeah, he kept saying that over and over again. For a young kid to take that kind of shoulder that responsibility like that, good on him. He has he has more moral structure. Than Manziel can ever hope to have. I'm done with it. There is part of me that wonders if 
like we haven't seen full footage of Manziel laughing. We've seen the screen capture mm-hmm. of it. I don't know how many times they've shown teams that are just getting slaughtered on the field. And they show, say, the defense standing talking, and they're killing themselves laughing and talking. Yeah, they're just they're not participating it's, in the game. Or, hey, we're getting slaughtered. This is a farce. This is hilarious. And the guy laughs. I'm not giving an out to Manziel by any means. But I'd like to know the full part of it, to see the full video of it, to see if he was talking to somebody who happened to make a joke at the wrong time. Or well, it's, actually, it's actually there. I've only he, seen he, the screen he, capture. Yeah, I understand that. But if you actually go to the article, there's videos of him there where he's watching okay. the play. He kind of smirks and laughs, shakes his head, and turns around and walks away. That could be it, simply. And that's real time. Suck. Yeah, and well, that could, could be. be just simply. It, it could be. It's simp- yeah, it simply could be, oh, my God, look at this. This is horrible. And you laugh at it because it's so bad. Yeah, is he laughing like what can go wrong will go wrong? Yeah, so I'm, you know, and what else could go wrong? That's not a challenge. Yeah, let's let's face it. When it comes to Menzel, we're all going to take the immediate view that he's just being an ass. I'm not saying he isn't being an ass, but we don't know. It easily could be him just going, "Oh my God, what else can go wrong?" and laughing about it. I do it almost every single game I watch the Bombers. <laughs> you think I wasn't laughing in the stands and the banjo bowl at how horrendous it was? You have to laugh. So it could be that. Just taking the other side. Why? Why not? Okay. <laughs> I'd rather, you know, I don't disagree with you, and you could be 100% correct that we're just ready to gang up and, and dogpile on Manziel just because he's a dick. But I would much rather have somebody like Zach Caleros who said, I would have booed us too, or mm-hmm. Antonio Pipkin who says, I played terrible, than to have somebody that's going to laugh at my own team. No, agreed. I'll agree with that. Yeah. You know, you you, you got to stand up and say, you know what, I sucked, and uh, go on, go on. Okay. Yeah, I'm done talking about Manziel on this one. On anything else, uh, does Will Charles? Do you want to jump on this one, or did you? I, I'm lost. Well, I kind yeah, of pretty much I already did. did of... Okay. I, I'm really fading here. I don't know how I'm staying awake. Um, numbers show the Ticat stamp game was historically bizarre. <laughs> Man, you got to love something like this, okay? It was a bizarre game, and we're all looking at it looking at it as saying it's a bizarre game. In fact, uh, Todd Mogi came onto our chat and said, this game is weird, and it is. It was crazy, and it was weird, and it was historically crazy and weird. 
There are, it turns out, eight ways to score a touchdown in the CFL. Receiving, rushing, interception return, kick return, fumble recovery, missed field goal, and onside kick recovery. Stamps game featured six of those eight. Six of the eight. Only one other game in history, which was between the Eskimos and the Bombers in October of 1975, featured, which had 11 touchdowns, featured the same featured six plays as well okay rush pass fumble recovery punt return kickoff return and miss field goal return wow crazy absolutely crazy i don't know bizarre go ahead you guys talk about this i'm gonna take a night uh, a nap Go get some sleep. <laughs> Finally, we got a real CFL game came out. Yep. You know, what? realistically, it's two weeks in a row that two a real CFL game came out, and Calgary's been involved in them both. Where you got your you got touchdowns coming everywhere. It's been a while since we've it, it hasn't been all year that we've seen the real CFL. Where it's just all offense. Maybe because it's September and everybody's taking it seriously now. I don't know. Go ahead, Charles. I just think it was just crazy, though, how they got that many different types of touchdowns into one game. Like you said, the last time that happened, I was not born yet. It was back in 1975. I've never seen anything like that. That was, it was really weird. Interception return for touchdown. Kickoff return for touchdown. Fumble recovery for touchdown. Kickoff return for touchdown. He got that twice. Missed field goal. No, no, they were, it was kickoff return by uh, Ty Katz and then one kickoff return by the Stampeders. And a receiver, uh, and then rushing touchdown. So one, two, three, four, five. And it's only five different ways. I think Maybe one of the kickoffs there is was a, there was a, there was a punt return. Well, it should have been a punt a block, return. There was a blocked field goal for a touchdown too, was there not? Yeah. Yes. Was that was that in the, that wasn't in the was that in the Hamilton Calgary game? Yeah. I know yeah, there was one so. of the BC Montreal game. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember now. Oh, I yeah, I can't remember either because to me a touchdown is a touchdown. I don't how I don't care how they get it, but but in reality, if you think about it, that's the way every game should be. If if all three phases of your team are working, yeah, you know what I mean. So yep. Yeah, if if your special teams and, and defense is, is scoring touchdowns, then you're playing good football. Your offense has to score foot touchdowns as well, and that's the problem that Saskatchewan's missing. 
you can't rely on defense yep. and, and special teams to score your touchdowns for you. Offense has to score them. So Indeed, going, absolutely. Going back to that Ty Long um, field goal attempt that was blocked, right? Charles, you remember mm-hmm. this? Yes, I do. Does that count as a failed field goal? I think it does because he actually does. No, no it doesn't? I no, thought it did because it. he actually kicked the ball. No, the ball has to cross the line of scrimmage, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Because if you remember, there was a – when Paradis for yeah. Calgary yeah. broke yep. Paul McCallum's record, he had a block field goal in his you know concess, consecutive field goal attempts or successful consecutive field goals. He had a blocked kick in there, and they didn't count that as a missed as field, a field goal, goal because the, right. the ball didn't cross the line of scrimmage. Okay. It was considered a fumble before that. Right. Am I, do you guys remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm starting to remember that now that you brought it up. So then Ty Long's consecutive field goal shouldn't be – Upset by this? I would think not. No, if that's the, if that's the rule, then no, it should be. What number is he at? I don't know. It was up there. It's twenty-seven or twenty-eight or something. Yeah. Because isn't the guy from Ottawa at thirty-three? I think they're Ward? at their nineties. Yeah, I think he's at thirty-three. Not positive, but I'm pretty sure that's what they said. Okay, let's see what this is. List of Canadian football records. I don't think this is going to happen. <laughs> Most field goals in a season. Most consecutive field goals. Rene Paradis is, is 39. And he's also 32. Paul McCallum is 30. And... Uh, no, 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 no. It goes down to Luca Kanji at 24, and n- neither of these two guys. Oh are no, in there. he's missed one actually. He's 33 of 34. Who's that? On his, uh, uh, Lewis the guy Kong. in Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, he's 33 of 34. Right, but when did, when was the miss? At the beginning, in the middle, or the end? You know, yet it, it makes it, a big difference. Yeah, it doesn't say on here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he's not above 24, or it would be in this list unless this list wasn't edited. So I don't know what the streaks are. I just it's I can't think anymore. <laughs> I, this is really sad. I'm sorry, my mind is mush. Hang in there. Eleven minutes to go. I'm trying. I'm really trying. I'm really trying, guys. Is it 11 minutes? No, it's less than that. It's, <laughs> See, it's nine, eight, eight minutes. minutes really. Nine minutes from count. Nine under minutes nine minutes. Left. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching the clock tick. <laughs> kind of like I was in the dozer last night waiting for 5.30 so that somebody would come and relieve me. 
How oh, there the I am. The Tiger Cats are now going to stretch to eight years without beating the Stampeders. I know. Isn't that sad? I mean, it, eight years without beating a team, that's just re- bizarre. Yeah. And, and and I guess they just don't get to play Calgary in garbage time at the end of the season because Calgary no, kind of... Barfs up the back end of their season all the time, right? Even Montreal's beat them. I don't know. Okay, find something to talk about. I'm done with that. All right, well, it looks like now there's a a quarterback uh, controversy about who's going to start for the Alouettes now. Uh, after Pipkin's um, uh, hiccup, so to say, against the Lions. So who do we think is going to start next? Are they going back to Johnny Football, or are they going to give Pipkin another kick at the can? I hope they give Pipkin another chance, because let's face it, Johnny Manziel has not won a football game for Montreal. And Pipkin He's has. lost two football games, and Pipkin has won two. So he's also lost mm-hmm. two. Yeah. You have to pick a starter, and you have to let him work through his problems. Especially if, when if they're you, young. Especially when they're young, because otherwise Jonathan Jennings would have been pulled two years ago sooner than he was. Okay, you have to let it, whether he sinks or swims, you have to let him work through his <laughs> issues. And if he doesn't, then he doesn't. Right? I, I, mean, I give he, him a half. You give him a half? I give yep. Pipkin the next three games before I put Manziel mm. back in. Let's face it. Look at I. I already called out the schedule for Montreal. It's not good, right? It's not. They're playing Hamilton, Winnipeg next, and Hamilton and uh, Saskatchewan and two back to back with Toronto. They're not. They're not easy games. No. No, I don't know. It's just. Not going to happen. I honestly think they are going to go back to Manziel because I think the pressure is there. They brought this guy in as a big ticket item. He's uh, they're paying him a lot of money. I just think eventually the pressure is going to get. They're going to want ownership and management are going to want this guy playing. And what better chance to put? What better time to put him in than right now after uh, Pipkin laid an egg? Okay, I agree with you, but here's the but there. Manziel doesn't get paid big bucks unless he actually is on the field. It's all in bonuses. Okay? I would, I would bet Pipkin and Manziel make about the same amount of money if neither of them touch the field. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if... If you're going to play Pipkin, you're not dishing out all those big bucks to Manziel that you you just alluded that they were. I understand they gave away half the team to get them, but 
You know, it's 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 not it's a cost. It's act, you're actually saving money by not letting him on the field. Because if he goes out on the field and loses, you've lost the money and the game. This way, if you just if Pipkin's in there and you lose the game, you just lost the game. Mm-hmm. Does it? I, I know that doesn't make much sense, Be, but does Manziel offer you a better chance of winning a football game than Pipkin? Well, so far he has not proved that. Nope, he has not. He 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 didn't even come close to winning either of his games. In fact, he he needs to learn the the mantra from Pipkin. Uh, I played terrible today. <laughs> oh God, I I played terrible today. Right? I come on. Instead of laughing. Well, you know what? Let Manziel start the next game. If he falls flat on his face, then he can just say, shut the fuck up. Okay? You suck. Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. When he turns around and says, that's where maybe it's a little bit lost on me because I felt like I was brought in here to be a piece had a lot of faith in me the first couple of weeks I was here. How quickly that changed in two weeks is tough. Oh, wow. Winning two out of three football games will do that to a team. Yep. That's true. Okay. Nice. Guess what? I kind of want him to start, just so we can tell him to shut up when he sucks. Good point. <laughs> yeah. You have to do what's best for your team, no matter what. And that's the coach's job, the head coach's job. Mike Sherman's job is to do what's best for the team is putting Johnny Football in there the best for the team. Because if it is, he should start the goddamn game. Mm-hmm. If it's not, then he should shut the fuck up. I don't know. This, this, this is lost on me. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up this show, and it's not early because it's under two minutes, and we're going to do this right now. It's Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode 281. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and thank you very much for putting up with me and my lack of attentiveness tonight. I'm just I'm working on air more than anything else. But there's one thing that I really want to talk about right now before we um, leave this thing. Uh, there was a uh, – where is it? I lost it. I lost it. I lost it. Go back. There it is. There's an Amber Alert issued for North Battleford, Saskatchewan. A six-year-old girl was picked up by a guy in a silver Mercedes-Benz. Um, they've got the license plate number. They've got the year, the make, everything of the car. Go to Let's Talk CFL page. Look for this article on this thing, and please share it. The more people that can see this, that, that look for this the sooner we can have this little six-year-old girl come home. This is not football-related, but it's human-related. And, you know, we're all human beings here, and we, we don't want anything to happen to this poor little girl. So please go out there and share it, okay? Good night, everybody. Charles?
Good night, folks. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you uh, this Wednesday. Uh, we review preview the uh, week coming up. Mark. Good night, everybody, and just for you, Christopher, BC sucks. But they don't. It's Winnipeg that sucks. BC always will. Ah, oh, Andy. Will, go quick. Sorry. Good night, Good night everybody. Go out. Go out. Yeah, go out. They're playing Winnipeg. So we can say Winnipeg sucks.